You're listening to the Centre Church Podcast. We hope you enjoy this message recorded live from our Burgess Hill campus. Uh, last Sunday, uh, we, we looked at this passage of Scripture uh, in Ephesians where we were challenged to make the most of every opportunity. And I really hope this week you made the most of the opportunities that were all around you. Uh, we were encouraged to use our time wisely, to, to not just squander the time that God has given us each day, uh, but also to live in the present, to live in this, this moment-by-moment time that we're in, and not live in the past, and, and not just be worried about the future, but live each day as it comes. And uh, I believe as we do those things, that this time will be a fruitful time in our lives, and not just a time that we're uh, somehow in a slumbery state and, and uh, not aware of what God is wanting to do in our lives. Uh, as we take this forward, uh, the next three weeks, we're going to be looking at uh, a series that I've titled Taking Our Place. And uh, we're looking at a man by the name of Gideon. And uh, we find Gideon in the book of Judges. So right near the beginning of the Bible, uh, well, near the beginning of the Bible, we have this guy by the name of Gideon that we're introduced to. And at the context of, this, of the story of where we're going to pick up on, is uh, Israel is oppressed by the Midianites. And uh, in this season of, of Israel's existence, there was often this uh, turning to the Lord and, and finding peace and rest on all sides. But then they would turn to other gods. They would worship other, other gods. And God would allow enemies to invade and really to get their attention of who they were serving, where, where their focus was really lying. And uh, we pick up this story in Judges chapter 6, verses 2 to 6. So we have it here. It says, Because the power of Midian was so oppressive, the Israelites prepared shelters for themselves in the mountains, uh, mountain claves, the caves, and strongholds. Whenever the Israelites planted their crops, the Midianites, Amalekites, and other eastern people invaded the country. They, they camped on the land and ruined the crops all the way to Gaza, and did not spare uh, living, sorry, did not spare a living thing for Israel, neither sheep, nor cattle, nor donkeys. They came up with their livestock and their tents like swarms of locusts. It was impossible to count them or their camels. They invaded the land to ravage it. Midian so impoverished the Israelites that they cried out to the Lord for help. I mean, it was a pretty dire situation. Uh, they were really hopeless. They were outpowered. They were outnumbered. There was, uh, they were living in caves. They were in self-isolation, right? They were in this situation where they, uh, were, they were, um, well, they, they dare not go out. Otherwise, what they had uh, would be taken from them. And in response to this, they began to pray out. They, they began to call out to God. And uh, they, 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 they were just trusting that God would do something. Now, when we look at Scripture, we, we could see these moments. And God can supernaturally step in and, and just change everything. Uh, he could just uh, come, answer that prayer, and uh, the, the enemies disappear, and happy days, the Israelites go on uh, with their lives. However, we see more times than not that God responds by inviting others to work with Him, to, to, to work alongside Him in what He's doing. And so we see this happening in this introduction to Gideon. So as we read a little bit further down in the passage, we, we come across this story. 
um, of, of Gideon. So verse 11, so we're going to pick it up in verse 11. It says, the angel of the Lord came and sat down under the oak uh, in Oprah that belonged to Joash the Abizrite, where his son Gideon was threshing wheat in a wine press to keep it from the Midianites. When the angel of the Lord appeared to Gideon, he said, the Lord is with you, mighty warrior. Pardon me, my Lord, Gideon replied. But if the Lord is with us, why has all this happened to us? Where are all the wonders that our ancestors told us about uh, when they said, did not the Lord bring us up out of Egypt? But now the Lord has abandoned us and has given us into the hands of the Midian, uh, into the hand of Midian. The Lord turned to him and said, go in the strength you have and save Israel out of Midian's hands. Am I not sending you? Pardon me, my Lord, Gideon replied, but how can I save Israel? My clan is the weakest in Manasseh, and I am the least of my family. The Lord answered, I will be with you, and I will strike down all the Midians, uh, Midianites, leaving none alive. Now, here's a, a, an, interesting, an interesting story, uh, an inspiring story in many ways. And so, really, today we're only going to look at the first part of the story. So over the next three weeks, we're going to go to go through the whole story. But we're only going to look at this passage of scripture that we read this morning. And uh, to start with, uh, God comes and he, he meets with, with Gideon. And Gideon is, is uh, he's threshing wheat in a wine press and uh, really out of fear because he doesn't want the wheat that he has to be taken by the Midianites. And so he's doing something in a space that he shouldn't be doing it. So he's in an enclosed environment where you would normally press uh, wine uh, for, obviously, to make wine, grapes for wine. Uh, so it's an area with, with no wind movement. It's an area that would uh, really is intended for, for, for wine production. And so he's in this space out of fear. And uh, he's, he's a, a person who's the, the, the least in his family. He's part of the, the weakest clan in Manasseh. He is Mr. Nobody. Gideon, in this story, is the Mr. Nobody of the Bible. He's this person that would be the unlikely hero of any story. Someone that, if you looked at him just as a sna snapshot of what I just said, he thought, well, he's probably got not, he doesn't have a lot going for him. And uh, the very first encounter that God has with Gideon in this moment where he's in the wine press, threshing grain, um, he says, he, he identifies him as mighty warrior. And, uh, we can understand that when God starts to, to move on the scene, first of all, in this connection that God has with us, this invitation uh, for him to work with us, he, he needs to do a few things in our lives for it to, to be possible. And one of the things that he does, first of all, in Gideon's life, is he redefines his identity. He, he says, look, Gideon, you are not a, a Mr. Nobody. You are a mighty warrior. And uh, when you look at this context, you think... This guy is the furthest thing right now from a mighty warrior. But God was calling, not what was, but he was calling the identity of who he was calling Gideon to be. He, he was looking at the future Gideon. He was, he was speaking forth to something to come alive in Gideon that was not this moment. He was, he was giving in this basis of what God wanted to do through his life. The identity that, that Gideon was to step into. And that, you know, in this moment of time, the enemy wants us to hide away. And I really was, when I was praying about, you know, as a church and uh, even for myself personally in this moment, there's a temptation for us right now spiritually to be like Gideon, 
hiding away in this kind of sense of uh, who am I? What what have I got to offer? What uh, you know we feel overwhelmed by maybe what's going on in the world, what's going on with uh, the, the coronavirus, what's, what's happening with work, what's happening with family, and, and we can feel like we're, we're just going to hide away. And yes, we need to stay in, in isolation, as the government has encouraged, but spiritually we can equally move into that space of seeing, actually, I, I've got nothing to offer. I, I'm just, I'm, I'm, I'm just going to try to hold down. I'm going to live in this small space. But God says, look, you're not just anyone. You're my child. You're not just someone that is in self-isolation. You're, you're one of the king's kids. And because of that, you, you are my ambassador. You're, you're a representative of the kingdom of heaven. And, and I, actually, I've given you all authority through Christ Jesus. And uh, you're someone who's loved, you're chosen, you're called out. And that is the, the, the identity that I've called you to live out of in this moment. So just like for Gideon, he was hiding away in this, this wine, this, this wine press out of fear. In this moment, I think as Christians, we can be hiding away, spiritually speaking, when God says, look, I've called you to be my representative today. Uh, I've, you're, you're a mighty warrior today. This is, you're one of my ambassadors here on this earth today. And it, I'm calling you to take your place. So I, I'm, I'm calling you to take in your identity that I've called you to have. Our identity shapes our actions. And it's funny that when we understand ourselves to be in a certain light, it shapes what we do. And, and if we see ourselves one way, we will live out from that context what we see of ourselves. But God, when He puts His Spirit in us, as we've looked in weeks past, we become new creations. There's something new that comes alive in us. His Spirit breathes new life, and He changes us so that we're no longer living from the old self, but we're now living out this new life, this new identity in Him. And His identity calls us to be something different in this moment in time. It calls us to step out of the wine press, as it were, and into our destiny for today, for this moment in time. The world around us is, is desperate for hope, is desperate for uh, some type of uh, understanding of what is happening, of, of, of where this is all going. And the church has the answer. Jesus has the answer for all of this. He, he, he's, he's got the plan, but it involves us. It involves us being His representatives. We are His plan. And uh, the same thing is, so when we look at Gideon's story, he, he starts from this position of, of changing the identity that Gideon saw of himself. So Gideon, the least of the least, he saw himself as that. And God says, look, no, you're, you're a mighty warrior. You're someone I've called to lead my people. I, I, I'm calling you to be a leader. And Gideon wrestles with this, uh, as we see in this story. But the same thing goes for you and for, for, for me. When we give our lives to Jesus, when God is speaking to us, He has got a plan for us. And in this moment of time, I, I, I just want to start from that position of God has given you an identity and you need to live out the identity God has given you today and not the identity that maybe you think you've got because of where you've come from, because of your family, because of your context. Your context does not define your, your identity. This context that we're in right now does not define who we are. 
who we are is who Christ says we are. And that is the, the position, that's the starting position that we need to, in living out God's plan, we need to understand who we are to start with. At, from understanding our, our, our identity, the next thing is God calls us to a mandate. He, he has a, this purpose and he, he establishes a mandate. And for Gideon, uh, Gideon begins to question where was God in all the suffering? And this is a kind of an interesting, uh, in, in, interesting question because he says in verse 13, it says, uh, pardon me, Lord, but, uh, if you're with us, why has all this happened? Where, uh, where are all the wonders that our ancestors told us about when he said, did not God bring us out of Egypt? But now, Lord, God has, you've abandoned us and, and given us over into the hands of Midian. You know, it's interesting. I, in this time, I, I've heard some similar questions being asked about God. Uh, God, where are you right now? Where, where's God with coronavirus? Why isn't God stopping this? Why, what, where is God in this circumstance? And uh, God said to, to Gideon, do you know what? That's a fantastic question. You've really asked a great question. Where am I in all of this? Where am I in this crisis? You're, everyone's bunkering down in caves and uh, hiding away from the onslaught of the enemies. Where am I in all of this? Great question. What does he say in response? He says, the Lord turned to him and said, go in the strength you have and save Israel out of Midian's hands. Am I not sending you? What's he saying? He says, look, I, uh, I've got a plan and it's sending you. I'm answering the problem of the Midian uh, army that's here right now. And it's the plan is how I'm moving right now is by sending you. You are the answer. I will work through you. That's how I'm going to do it. You know, in this moment of time, there are people questioning, where's God in all this? Can I say where God is, is in the church, working through the church. He is his plan for this point of history of the timeline is that we are His body. We are His hands and feet extended. So if we're going to look at where's God in all of this, God is, is within us as the body of Christ. And so you say, well, how is God responding? Why isn't God just stopping it? Why isn't He intervening? Well, in the same situation that we have here in Judges, is today is that God says, look, I am moving and I'm calling you to go. I'm calling you to be my representatives. I'm calling you to do what I've empowered you and given you the authority to do. You know, when Christ gave us His Spirit, when He gave us His authority, He gave us everything to bring His kingdom to earth as it is in heaven. We are this, we are His representatives to, to see the change happen because God works through us. Again, we could look at this and we could, you know, we certainly pray for for God to, to move sovereignly, but we see consistently through Scripture that God does move sovereignly, but He moves sovereignly through people. He doesn't just step on the scene and just take over and we somehow watch in amazement where people were not involved in the process, but He invites us as His body to represent Him in this moment of time. You see, we're called in this crisis to, to see His kingdom come with love, uh, with healing. God has given us authority to pray for the sick that they would recover. He's, he's called us to, to go and make disciples, to, to share the, the good news to those who are suffering, to, to bring compassion and to bring joy and to bring hope. You see, we are the ones that God has called to be the answer in this 
point in time. We could sit at home or we could be in a wine press or we could be bunkered down in a situation in a thought process thinking, God, why don't you just do something? And today, can I just, I just sense God saying, Tyler and Center Church, you do something because I am with you. I've empowered you to do my work. You see, that is a change of thought. Again, I think it's easy, like Gideon, to sit in in a wine press hoping God just comes and sorts it all out. When God says, look, I've given you an opportunity to partner with me because I've placed you amongst the people and I've given you this authority and this, this, uh, I've given you my spirit so that you can be me there. You see, God is moving today. He is at work today. And, and for those that would be uh, the, the questioners or the even people in the church, for us maybe that are challenged by the why, why is this happening? Do you know what? God is answering and He's calling us to be part of that answer. He's calling me to, to take my place in this moment, to not sit at home and just wonder, God, why don't you just work this all out? When He says, look, I, I want you to listen to my voice right now. Don't listen to the voice of the media. Don't listen to the voice of, of fear. Don't listen to the voice of, of what you see around me. But listen to what I am saying to you right now because I've got a plan for how I want you to be a part of me seeing my plan revealed through this. I, for me seeing got my purposes at work. You see, God changed the identity. He, he spoke mighty warrior over Gideon, but then He gave him this mandate. He says, look, am I not sending you? This is how I'm answering. I'm, I'm, I'm sending you. I mean, even if we look back to the original story that Gideon was referring to about Moses, I mean, Moses was the one that God used to help deliver Israel out of the slavery. So even at that time, although there were signs and wonders happening, Moses was part, was, was a part of the process. God didn't just bring Israel out with nobody else involved, but Moses was someone God had chosen. And in the same way today, God is choosing you. Right where you're at. Right at home. Right now. God has called you to be part of His plan in this moment of time. You see, with the mandate, comes a promise of empowerment. God said to, to Gideon two times in this passage of the passages that we read. He says, first of all, the Lord said, look, the Lord is with you. I'm with you. But then the second part, a little bit further down, it says, I will be with you. So I'm with you now and I will be with you. And so here we have this understanding that God said, look, I'm sending you, but I'm with you. And so it's not us just going out and doing something or responding in our own strength, our own understanding, our own ability. But God said, look, I am with you. Now, I have a, 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 an equation that's going to come up on the screen. And it's an equation that we can memorize. It's, it's deeply complicated. Uh, you know, if you take in physics at school, you know, you've got all these kind of equations. Well, then here's an equation. It's going to come up on the screen. So it's you plus G, greater than E. So, we're going to work this out. So, we're going to commit it to memory. U plus G, greater than E. This is a spiritual equation. If G is on one side of this equation, and G representing God, if you are with God, it is always greater than anything else, or everything else. 
So when God says, look, I am with you, He's on your side of this equation. You see, the opposite is also, if you're on the other side of this equation, you know, God is greater than you. He, he's, he's, he's in control. So God said, look, I, I want you to be with me. I, I want you to be with me. And no matter what the opposition is, no matter whether it's an enemy, whether it's a challenge, whether it's a provision, whether it's a virus or sickness or anything else that we possibly could imagine, I'm greater. I'm the, the God that will change the equation. And the same thing goes, as we're going to read over the next two weeks, three weeks, three weeks in this story, when God says, I am with you, that is the game changer. If God says, look, I've appointed you for this season, you are my, my church, you are my body, you are, you are the ones I've called. If He is with us right now, then we have nothing to fear because He's greater than. He, he creates, He changes the equation always. When G is on our side, when God is on our side, He changes it. In Matthew 28, 20, when God was commissioning Jesus was commissioning disciples. He said, look, I am with you always. Same thing as what you said to Gideon. I'm with you. Jesus said to us, he said, look, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. Man, we are in this age, but we're still in the age. He said, look, I am with you. I'm with you. And by being with us, he says, look, I, I'm, I'm giving you my, my spirit. And when we look at Scripture, we, we see that the Holy Spirit has been given to empower us, to lead us, to help us, to comfort us, to, to, to pray for us, to teach us. With His Spirit in us, we are unstoppable. We're unstoppable right now. We've got everything we need to fulfill the mandate that God has given to us. And so, He said, look, I, I, I'm with you, and I'm not calling you to do this alone. He isn't looking for us to be some lone ranger with some great idea to help the world. No, He's looking for us to respond to His Spirit within us. And He said, look, I, I will lead you by My Spirit. I'll, I'll help you. But we, as, as individuals, need to step up and take our place to start with. You see, Gideon in his story, although we're only looking at the first part of it, he had a decision to make. He could remain in the wine press wishing that God would do something. Can I say, if right now, you're at home wishing that God would do something. Can I just ask you to change that question of saying, okay, God, what do you want to do through me? What are you wanting to do through my life right now? You see, don't just look for God to do something without you. God is wanting to do something with you. He's wanting to work with you. Maybe today you feel spiritually like Gideon did at the beginning of the story. Maybe you feel a bit afraid. Maybe you feel like there's, you just wonder how does it, how are we going to get out of this? Can I say God is calling you today to step up and take your place? You have a part to play in this amazing time. You know, I believe at some point in history, they, people will look back on this time and they will see the church come alive in a way that, again, throughout history, we see the church come alive. You know, whenever, if you do any church history, every time the church has been restricted, it's grown. God has done something supernatural. Every time, even right in the beginning, 
in, in the book of Acts when persecution broke out against the church. You know, the, the church was meeting in Jerusalem and, and it was powerful. Great things were happening. Thousands of people coming to faith and persecution broke out. And the Bible says they spread. They spread throughout the, the Roman Empire at the time. And you know what? The, they shared the gospel everywhere they went. And because of that, the church expanded internationally. And then, as we go through history after history of, of the church, of its existence since then till now, we see every time it's tried to be smothered. And even now, we're not able to meet together in, in one place. But I believe right now, God is expanding and is growing and, and the church is coming alive in a new way. And we're understanding new things of the kingdom. Because I believe some ways we've used the church building and use this context of how we meet. And in some ways, we've, we've missed the picture of what we're called to because we think coming to church on a Sunday is what church is. But actually, that isn't what the Bible defines as church. We are called to meet together. Now, I, I agree that, you know, there's a, we need, you know, in the future to, to meet again together. But it isn't just about coming and ticking a box on a Sunday, coming to church and, and, and singing nice songs and being all together, having a cup of coffee and tea and then go home and then you go on with your life. But this is kind of pushing us into a, a space where you and I need to identify, God, what is it that you want to do now in my life? Because I am the church at home. I am at church with my neighbors and the people around me. I am the church in this very strange context. I can't just rely upon what everyone else is doing. I need to step up and take my place right now. And so I, I believe God has a plan for you. He's a plan for my life. And we need to, we need to be awakened to that. We need to come out of that, that sense of we're just waiting for it to all end. And just like I shared last week, take advantage of what God is doing right now and, and is wanting to do through you and accept His identity. You are His ambassador. You are His child. You are uh, chosen for such a time as this. You are chosen. Not just someone else, but you. God has called you. And take hold. And I, I want to encourage you as, as we understand and accept this identity to take hold of that. Say, hey God, I, 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 I'm going to take hold of this moment and I'm going to draw from the power of the Spirit that I would fulfill His, His calling. You know, we're, I'm going to pray, but as we conclude the service, I, there's a video that was shared with me, um, a week or two ago, and uh, it's of a lady that's in Nicaragua, and uh, she's a missionary from the U.S., Assemblies of God, and, uh, this is someone that Marbley in our church, uh, she knows her, or at least knows of her, and, um, it's a story, again, going back to this question of God, where are you in all of this? It's a story, of one person hearing God's voice five years ago and responding to that. And the miracle that takes place is quite phenomenal. And I just want you, as you watch it in just a moment here, I want you to really think through. These are ordinary people simply responding to the leading and promptings of God and God doing something supernatural through that. This is God answering this moment of time. This is God uh, doing something of the supernatural in this moment of time, but He's working through ordinary people to see His, His grace, to see His goodness being revealed 
to people. And so I, I pray that it, as we watch it, that we would, we would be inspired by it uh, to, to, to do the same thing, that we would just be open, keep God, what are you wanting to do? And then Tom's going to come and he's going to lead us in a closing song at the end of that. So I'm going to pray that God helps us. Uh, and I, I want to say as well, if you're watching this morning and, and you are in this, this time, you've never made that decision to follow Jesus. Can I just say, it is the greatest thing you will ever do with your life. You wonder, what is life? What is the purpose of my life? I tell you what, your purpose is to say yes to Jesus. And from that position, God has a plan for your life. He has a purpose and He wants to do something through you that will blow your mind. I'm serious. It's amazing. Thank you for listening to this week's podcast at Centre Church. One church, passionately loving God and people in Burgess Hill and Brighton. To get the latest news or for any other information, check out our website at www.centrechurch.uk.